Well, hello. You're listening to the EMJ podcast. This podcast reflects the opinions of the speakers, not necessarily those of its sponsor, Merck Sharp and Dome LLC, a subsidiary of Merck and Co. Inc., Rahway, NJ, USA, and its affiliates, or of EMJ. And it's intended exclusively for healthcare professionals. This is a branded podcast, and the products discussed may not be available in all countries. All evidence used to support the claims in this podcast have been validated as of the date of this recording in February 2023. Today's medical industry podcast is entitled Vax Voices, the Global Burden of Rotavirus Disease and Evidence Supporting Routine Vaccination with Rotatech. Here today to discuss the global burden of rotavirus and the impact of paediatric vaccination are David Greenberg, MD, and Maria Hemming-Harlow, MD, PhD. Before administering Rototech, rotavirus vaccine, live oral pentavalent, please read the prescribing information, which is accurate as of February 2023 and can be accessed via where you have listened to this podcast. Dr. Greenberg is an internationally recognized pediatric infectious disease expert and director of Saban Children's Hospital, also the head of the pediatric infectious disease unit at Sorocco University Medical Center in Beersheba, Israel. He's professor of pediatric and infectious diseases at Ben-Gurion University. And also with us, Dr. Hemming Harlow, an internationally recognized expert in pediatric vaccine research and also associate professor from Finland. In addition to her extensive research experience both as a principal investigator and a sub-investigator for many studies, she's also held national coordinator roles to oversee the introduction, implementation and assessment of new antigens to the Finnish National Immunization Program. Dr. Hebbing Harlow works as a paediatrician in Tampere University Hospital in Finland and her academic interests mainly focus on efforts of rotavirus vaccination and other gastroenteritis pathogens. Well, I'm delighted to have you both here. Welcome to you both. Happy to be here and thank you. Well, thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. What great experts we, we have on board to talk about the importance of routine vaccination against this vaccine-preventable disease. We've been hearing, of course, through the media and in published reports that many children, especially from low and middle income countries, missed checkups and recommended childhood vaccinations during the pandemic. So, Dr. Maria Hemminghalo, can you start off by sharing what patients who acquire rotavirus may experience? Well, of course, uh, as a pediatrician, I can tell you that rotavirus is a transmissible infectious disease among infants and young children that is responsible for global healthcare burden. Rotavirus infections can lead to rotavirus gastroenteritis, or RGE, a potentially serious disease. Rotavirus disease is characterized by vomiting and watery diarrhea that can persist for three to eight days. Fever and abdominal pain also frequently occur just as in all gastroenteral infections. The severity of rotavirus infection can range from asymptomatic infection to severe dehydration. While rotavirus is typically self-limiting, treatment is non-specific and consists primarily of oral rehydration therapy to prevent dehydration. Rotavirus has been one of the most common causes of mortality due to severe diarrhea among children globally. And I will just add that severe dehydrating gastroenteritis caused by rotavirus is seen 
primarily among children aged six months to two years of age. Unfortunately, there is no reliable way to predict the course of the disease or severity of the symptoms, and multiple infections can occur, although subsequent infections are generally less severe than the initial infection. Well, thank you both doctors for, for that background. So how then is rotavirus transmitted, Dr. Heming Harlow? Well, uh, the route of rotavirus transmission is generally fecal-oral. RGE can be caused by a variety of circulating strains. Rotavirus strains are hardy and can survive for long periods of time in low humidity environments. They are relatively resistant to hand soaps and common disinfectants. Infectant infants or children shed large quantities of virus in their stool, beginning two days before the onset of diarrhea and for several days after onset of symptoms. Places of higher transmission are likely to occur at home or in a daycare setting, such as contaminated surfaces or on children's toys. Fortunately, less than a total of 10 rotavirus infections requiring hospitalization had been reported per year in Finland in vaccinated children under the age of two years. Before the vaccination program, however, there were over 500 such cases a year. This means that vaccination has been more than 98% effective against rotavirus infections requiring hospitalization. Thanks to the rotavirus vaccination, in children aged under 5 years, rotavirus cases requiring hospitalization have gone down by over 93%, and all acute diseases causing diarrhea and requiring hospitalization have gone down by 70%. While they are very rare in Finland anyway, it is likely that vaccination helped prevent deaths from infections causing vomiting and diarrhea. The vaccination of infants reduced the prevalence of rotavirus infections in the entire population. The vaccine significantly reduced hospitalizations, healthcare-related infections, use of other healthcare services, and parents' absenteeism from work caused by rotaviruses. Before the vaccination were introduced in the national program, rotavirus caused diarrhea outbreaks in Finland every year. During these outbreaks, over 11,000 children aged under 5 required healthcare services. Almost an equal number of children recovered from the disease at home. Every year, rotavirus cases resulted in thousands of hospitalizations and outpatient visits and an estimated 9,000 healthcare centre visits. So, so, Dr. Greenberg, what is the main cause of rotavirus mortality in children? Based on the global burden of disease studied from 1990 to 2013, rotavirus was the main cause of diarrhea in children younger than five years. It was also most common cause of diarrhea-related death in this age group in 2013. So can you expand on that a bit? Of course. A 2016 global estimate based on the 2018 study by Trigger and al revealed an estimate of 128,500 deaths, which account for approximately 29% of all deaths attributed to diarrhea among children younger than five years of age. This review also assessed rotavirus infection was responsible for an estimate of 1.5 million hospitalizations globally among children younger than five years of age in 2016. Gosh, th- thank you. So, Dr. Heming Harlow, can you tell us what's an important consideration to keep in mind when selecting a rotavirus vaccine? 
Yes, well, uh, rotavirus stereotypes can certainly impact how we think about the epidemiology of rotavirus. When you look at the classification system of rotavirus, it is based on the G and P surface proteins. Both these proteins play a major role in stimulating neutralizing antibodies to rotavirus. The G protein determines the G serotype and the B protein determines the P serotype. So then the serotypes are defined by the specific combination of glycoprotein and protease-sensitive surface proteins. So which then are the most common serotypes associated with G and P proteins? Well, that's a very good question. As with coronavirus, we all know alpha or delta virus. The names of rotavirus originate from two other capsid proteins. Of the common rotavirus G serotypes, G1, G3, G4 and G9 are commonly associated with protein P8. So we get, for example, G1P8 or G4P8, whereas G2 is commonly associated with protein P4 as G2P4. Rotavirus serotype distribution fluctuates unpredictably from season to season and from region to region. From 1919 to 2000, the rotavirus type circulating around Austria, France, Germany, Hungary, Ireland, Italy and Spain included mainly the G1P8, G4P8, G9P8 and G2P4. But we see fluctuation annually and some new strains rising after a few years. However, natural shifting of rotavirus genotypes has always occurred and we considered it as normal. So, uh, I assume, Maria, that the most common is rotavirus G serotypes, G1, G2, G3, G4, and G9 that you mentioned were one of the considerations for the pentavalent design of the Rotatec, a vaccine which is indicated indicated for the prevention of the rotavirus gastroenteritis caused by the serotypes G1, G2, G3, G4, and G9. Well, there is a late-breaking study evaluating two-dose and three-dose immunogenicity of Rogelic as published by Daniel Velasquez-Portocarrero in the Lancet Infectious Disease Journal in 2022. Thank you both. So MSD's Rotatec has been helping to protect children globally for over 15 years. And before we spend some time discussing its clinical profile, let's pause for a moment to learn about the associated warnings and safety information from MSD. Rotatec is indicated for the active immunisation of infants from the age of 6 weeks to 32 weeks for prevention of gastroenteritis due to rotavirus infection. The safety and efficacy of Rotatec in individuals from birth to 6 weeks of age have not been established. The vaccination course consists of three doses. The first dose may be administered from the age of 6 weeks and no later than the age of 12 weeks. There should be intervals of at least 4 weeks between doses. It is preferable that the vaccination course of three doses should be completed by the age of 20 to 22 weeks. If necessary, the third last dose may be given up to the age of 32 weeks. Contraindications for the administration of Rotatec are hypersensitivity to the active substance or to any of the excipients, previous history of intersusception, congenital malformation of the gastrointestinal tract that could predispose to intersusception, known or suspected immunodeficiency like severe combined immunodeficiency disease, SCID or HIV, active gastrointestinal illnesses, including acute diarrhea and vomiting. Vaccine virus transmission from a vaccine recipient to non-vaccinated contacts has been reported. Caution is advised when considering whether to administer Rotatec to individuals with immunodeficient contacts. In post-marketing experience, intersusception, including death and Kawasaki disease, have been reported in infants who have received Rotatec. 
As a precaution, healthcare professionals should follow up on any symptoms indicative of intersusception, severe abdominal pain, persistent vomiting, bloody stools, abdominal bloating, and or high fever. Since data from observational studies indicate an increased risk of intersusception, mostly within seven days after rotavirus vaccination. Parents, guardians should be advised to promptly report such symptoms to their healthcare provider. So, Dr. Heming Harlow, with that important safety information in mind, can you tell us about the Rotavirus Efficacy and Safety Trial, also known as the REST trial? Yes, well, the REST trial was a large scale phase three study that was specifically designed to address the risk of interception with Rotatech. This trial was conducted in 11 countries, representing three regions with different populations and healthcare delivery systems. Europe, the United States, and Latin America plus the Caribbean. REST was a double-blind, with sponsor-blinding, randomized placebo-controlled study conducted from 2001 to 2004. During the clinical studies, the vaccine was given as a three-dose series to healthy infants, with the first dose administered between 6 and 12 weeks of age, followed by two additional doses administered at 4 to 10 week intervals. In the study, the risk of interception was low and balanced between intervention arms. 12 vaccine and 15 placebo recipients experienced confirmed interception within one year after first dose. And you said it was a large-scale trial. So how many participants were involved in the REST trial? Well, REST was one of the largest pre-licensure clinical trials ever conducted for a vaccine. It involved approximately 70,000 subjects. Subject compliance in REST was high, with over 59,000 infants, or 86%, having received three doses of Rotec or placebo. And then what can you tell us about the efficacy of Rotatech? Well, the efficacy of Rotec was also evaluated in the large-scale REST trial. In a subgroup of infants in REST, Rotec showed 98% efficacy against severe RGA caused by serotypes T1, T2, T3, or T4. Rotec showed 74% efficacy against RGE of any severity caused by serotypes T1, T2, T3, or T4 through the first rotavirus season post-vaccination. In REST, Rotec reduced hospitalization or emergency department visits due to RGE caused by the same serotypes up to two years post-vaccination by approximately 95%. And Dr. heming can you then tell us about the post-hoc analysis of the REST trial that looked at serotypes and hospitalizations? Of course. Uh, in a post-hoc analysis demonstrating the reduction in the combined incidence of hospitalizations or emergency department or ED visits in the per-protocol population by serotype from the REST trial, Rotec reduced hospitalizations or ED visits caused by serotype C1 by 95%, C3 by 93%, G4 by 89%, and G9 by 100% up to two years post-vaccination. The results for rotavirus serotype G2 was 88%, but there were too few cases to show any statistical significance. Maria, wasn't there another study that also examined serotypes G1, G2, G3, and G4? Well, yes, David, there was a phase 3 study of Project study 007, 007 just as James Bond. 
Like the REST trial, the study also examines the efficacy of Rojek against episode of RGE caused by the serotype G1, T2, G3 or G4 through the first rotavirus season post-vaccination. In REST, the efficacy of Rojek against RGE of any severity was 74% and the efficacy against severe disease was uh, 98%. Similar efficacy was observed in study 007, which was designed to evaluate the vaccine at the end of its 24-month shelf life. Well, thank you for reviewing that clinical data, Dr. Hemming-Harlow. And now we're almost out of time for today. So before we close, Dr. Greenberg, would you mind quickly summarizing our rotavirus discussion? Sure, no problem. Today, we reviewed how rotavirus is transmitted, the clinical picture and the related morbidity and mortality. Specific to rotavirus, we discussed the epidemiology of serotypes, which is an important consideration to keep in mind when selecting a vaccine to help prevent rotavirus. Additionally, we explore the clinical data regarding the efficacy and the safety of Rotatech in the REST trial, and we also discussed the post hoc analysis of this REST trial that looked at serotypes and hospitalizations. Lastly, Dr. Hemming Howlow reviewed what she believes is the best medical approach to help reduce morbidity and mortality for the real illness in young children. Well, thank you. It was great to have both David Greenberg, MD, and Maria Hemming Harlow, MD, PhD, with us here today to discuss the disease burden of rotavirus and the importance of routine vaccination against this vaccine preventable disease. So as demonstrated through vaccination, there are tools to help protect infants and children from RGE, a vaccine preventable disease. There are some simple steps that healthcare providers can take. Vaccination could be part of a comprehensive strategy to control diarrheal diseases, including preventative measures such as hand washing, improved water supply and sanitation. The WHO emphasises the importance of integrating vaccination services with other health interventions throughout the life course. Well, there are some great takeaways from our discussion, and I'd like to thank our guests, David Greenberg, MD, and Maria Hemming-Harlow, MD, PhD, for joining me to share key data on rotavirus. Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Hemming-Harlow, it's been great speaking with you both today. It's been really a great pleasure. Thank you very much. Anytime. Thank you. Well, thank you for listening to Vax Voices brought to you by MSD. And do watch out for the next Vax Voices podcast. A list of references for the evidence on which this podcast is based has been included in an email promoting the podcast. The reference list plus product label and associated safety warnings can also be accessed on www.emjreviews.com, where you've listened to this podcast. Thank you for listening. Bye for now.